Welcome. Today we would like to welcome our guests and listeners to another Katie and podcast show. It is our sincere desire today that you find this time relatable, informative, and spiritually uplifting. On the show today we have David and Brenda Webster. Thank you for being here today, David and Brenda, and welcome to the show. Thank you. It's our pleasure. Now, David, tell me a little, tell me a little bit about the ministry that you've been involved with here recently. Well, it really started about 20 years ago, and uh, my wife and I were searching, and we were new Christians. We were dissatisfied with the church we were going to in the sense that we weren't growing, we were hungry, and we'd look at each other and go, is this all there is to it? And it created a deep desire and hunger in both of us to ask ourselves a question is there more to God can you know more about God know him better and we prayed a prayer 20 years ago and God answered it in the most unique way that surprised both of us and the surprise was he arranged for us to meet some people from Canada at my work at a car dealership. And I discovered right away that by meeting them, they had more of God than I did. And when they spoke to my wife and I, I, we felt like we were uh, being fed and we were being given a big drink in a thirsty desert. And we looked at them and said, what do you have that we need? And beginning a friendship with them, to wrap it up, we ended up driving 1,600 miles or flying 1,600 miles away from home to find out just exactly what they discovered. Our prayer was, God, if there is more, we'll go anywhere. And just talking about this this morning, even, we came to the conclusion, how could God not answer that simple prayer Mm -hmm. from anybody? And we believe that this was his answer to that prayer. He connected us with people that we would have never met any other way. And he brought us together and we we came up here on vacation. We certainly never expected to be moving here. And we didn't know anything about house churches or that movement. Uh, that took place in the 60s in England that were connected with. And um, the third day in on our week-long vacation, the Holy Spirit impressed upon both of our hearts individually, this is where I want you to move. Mm-hmm. And that's what we did because 
that was the desire in our heart previously when we prayed that prayer and we recognized something. We didn't know exactly what it was at the time. We just knew there was a richness that we weren't experiencing and it was in these group of people. Actually, it was an exchange. We'd been drinking baby milk for a long time and now we were being fed meat. What are some common myths that you've heard about house church from others? Well, one of the first things that we usually hear right away is uh, that it's a cult. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or that we're following a specific person. Uh, People tend to fear or be leery of something that they don't know about or that isn't traditional. And a house church isn't traditional in today's um, living, but it really was in the Acts church. That's where people met, was in people's homes. There, There weren't churches. Then there weren't buildings that people went to. So, um, but today, you know, in small house churches, there there's a lot more audience participation, and that tends to make people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And so, I think that's where the myths come from. A lot of it's just the unknown. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of different models of house church out there, and um, it seems to me you guys are part of a larger house church. Is that is that correct? Uh, well, our church has varied in numbers. Uh, right now, it's a very small amount of people, and we have our own belief as to why that is. But um, most house churches. In, in our understanding, are small because you're meeting in homes. Um, ours has the capacity to house about 125 people. It's a large farmhouse, but they have built onto it an actual, what we would call a meeting room. And that's where we have a lot of our meetings. But because our group's small right now, we can actually meet inside the house, which just kind of makes it more intimate. Mm-hmm. How is being a, a part of the house church uh, meeting different than maybe a traditional church service? It's more intimate, and Brenda said it's a participation thing where you learn to participate and open up over a period of time instead of one person up front doing all the presentations uh, like you would expect in a, in a church meeting. The body of Christ, the believers participate, they open up, they share their hearts, they pray, 
intimately with one another and for one another. And it's very informal to be, in fact, this is what struck us when we first came, because we were used to the traditional church, people in a room, when the meeting would start and the Holy Spirit would begin to move among the people, people would freely choose a song instead of it being already chosen ahead of time. Mm -hmm. uh, people would pray out of the depths of their heart, and then somebody else would pray, and then somebody else would pray, and or there might be, uh, you know, like the Acts Church, there might be a message in tongues, there might be an interpretation, there might be a prophecy, or there might not. And there was a freedom in the meetings where there was never a program or formal thing that had to be done step by step. Like if you went to a graduation or a funeral, you're given a little booklet of what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And when we go to church, we don't know what's going to happen next. Mm -hmm. And it's a spontaneity kind of a thing. So in one sense, it's challenging if you've never been in that like we were. But yet, after you're there a while and you settle in, you feel safe. You love being with the people. You know they love and accept you. And you feel freer to participate. Mm -hmm. Sounds we like... Go ahead, Brenda. We don't tend to have a lot of uh, traditional things like... Uh, a formal church for instance uh, we don't tend to have Sunday school uh, youth groups worship teams uh, classes individual classes like some of the churches have um, it really is modeled closely after the Acts Church the whole entire family comes to church and the kids are a part of the service as far as, you know, they're not participating in the church service, but they're there. They are drinking in the message, even though they don't realize that they're drinking it in. They might have a coloring book with them or, you know, a reading book or a picture book or something. But unless they're a very small child, toddler, they're in the meetings, and our church in particular has the belief that it's up to the parents to teach their children the things of God, and it's not the church's responsibility, and so we don't provide a lot of influence on children in our church, but they are certainly part of it, and crying and outbursts from children are just a normal part of our service, and nobody pays any attention to it, and we just carry on. Um, so that, that would be another one of the uh, differences. And as the children get older, uh, there's nothing that says they can't participate. Yeah, absolutely. They can pray. 
or participate in they some They could way. lead out in a song they could, or yeah. anything. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Sounds like it's a full functioning uh, participation. Then is that is that pretty yeah. correct? Yes, it is. Yeah. How do you handle uh, certain sacraments of the church, like uh, weddings or funerals or even communion, uh, with your congregation? Well, that's interesting. Um, funerals and weddings would be up to the individual family you know, whatever they wanted uh, is, is what would be done. Uh, as far as communion goes, we don't have communion on a schedule. Mm -hmm. We usually have it once a month uh, on a Sunday morning. And the pastor really just spontaneously, however he feels led, might ask uh, two men to come up and to pray or to share something. He might read some passages in the Bible uh, about communion, or he might just leave it completely open and say whoever feels to come up and um, pass out the bread and wine, mm -hmm. do so. And then whoever that person is, they, they would say a prayer before they did it. It's very informal. Mm -hmm. Very good. Um, how, what are some other challenges you've experienced there with house church? They've got to be different. Are they similar to a traditional church or are they very, very specific to house church? Can you be more, more specific in here? Sure, like yeah. uh, church discipline. Like, how do you handle church discipline there? Hmm. Um, I'm, I'm thinking of, uh, we used to have a couple, and I, and I don't have to mention their names, and I wouldn't anyway, but they caused some problems in the church a good while back. And they were trying to bring in a false teaching and they were promoting it and pushing people and manipulating people and getting people to jump in on their side. And finally it got out of hand and we needed to meet with them. So a body of us got together with them and we told them that we loved them, that we loved them being a part of us but that we could not go along with what the false teaching that they were bringing in. And so if they were willing to stop doing this and to not bring it into the church anymore, then they could be a part of us. But we were not going to allow division to break the unity of what we had. Mm -hmm. Or they could you know, go somewhere else. And we did it in a very good and a very loving way. And they chose to abandon what they were doing. I'm sure they still did it on the side, but that was the end of it. Mm -hmm. and, and it worked. Hmm. And, it, and we really haven't had a lot of that in the church mm -hmm. where we've had a lot of disruption or one thing or another. But from time to time, you get people coming in and they've got some crazy ideas and things happen 
but you have to deal with them and you have to discipline the people and let them know this isn't acceptable. What we find also is um, if people aren't happy with the message or the messenger or that you maybe uh, sing out of the hymnal, you don't have a worship team, uh, you don't have something for their kids to attend midweek, they leave for all kinds of reasons. But that's usually what happens mm -hmm. because we're not really in the business of seeking what pleases other people. Mm -hmm. And then that's the basis for our church. Mm -hmm. It's this is who we are. This is what we're about. And we're a group of people that deeply love the Lord, and we want as much of the Lord as possible and the highest standard of God preached out of the Bible. And if people aren't looking for that, they will quickly yeah. leave. Mm -hmm. And that's usually what happens, mm -hmm. you know, rather than there being an issue within the church. Mm -hmm. People just leave. I might add this briefly, that when you have a church like this, all kinds of people come in for all different reasons, looking for something. And people are looking for something different. They want the church to be a certain way. And we're very biblical, and we are not going to accommodate or compromise the message of the truth of Jesus Christ to accommodate other people. Mm -hmm. and Or to build a, a larger congregation. Yeah. That's, that's not our focus. We're not, into, we're not into trying to grow the church numerically, mm -hmm. but we're there for transformation of lives through Jesus Christ. And unfortunately, everybody doesn't feel the same way. And it isn't long before they leave because the message we preach is cutting edge. And it's about the narrow way, and people want something else. Mm -hmm. How often do you guys meet together there? We meet twice on Sunday, mm -hmm. and then we have a midweek prayer meeting. Very good. So you're meeting quite a bit, it sounds like. Also, I might just add to that, that the thing that thrilled Brenda and I over 20 years ago when we moved here and became a part of the house church was the doors were always open because there's people that live there and this doesn't always work in like in a home setting. I get that. But this is a bigger place and the pastor and his wife live there. And so you could drop in any time during the week. You didn't have to wait for a service or if you had troubles or you needed prayer or you just wanted to come by for a cup of coffee and open up your heart. Uh, the church was open. Hmm. The house was open. The house, the house <laughs> was open, sorry. Mm -hmm. So tell me, are you part of, is your house church part of a larger network of house churches? Yes, our church uh, affiliation with the house church movement began in the 60s in England. Mm 
and our particular affiliation uh, started with a vicar um, of an Anglican church, and he was getting up on a Sunday morning with his congregation and preaching, and then the rest of the week wasn't able to live up to the message that he preached. And, and he realized that the gospel he preached didn't work. Mm-hmm. And so he was very disillusioned with the whole thing. And again, a simple prayer. He just cried out to the Lord and he said, I need a true gospel that works. And if it doesn't work, then I'm just wasting my time here preaching a message that isn't true, that I can't live up to. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't very long before he stepped down as a vicar. And the Lord just started working in his own heart, opening up the scriptures uh, in a, a, a deeper personal meaning, and uh, that's really how the House Fellowship Churches got started. He, he was on his own quest to, to learn about God in a deeper way through the scriptures, and then as that happened, he just met other people, and there was a real awakening spiritually in England during this time and people were fed up with uh, traditional religion. They were fed up with um, lives that, that were ruined and in ruin and there was a lot of personal agonizing in their own lives and they somehow, the Holy Spirit started bringing these people together and a house church started uh, they, they got this derelict rundown house for a little bit of nothing and, and that was really the start of the house fellowship movement and, and it yeah there were a lot of young people and you know, they, they were raised in traditional religion, and they just saw how it didn't work, and they didn't want any part of it. And it, it quickly grew, and it just overnight, it just exploded, and the Holy Spirit just chose uh, men of God, um, and they, they just were set ablaze with uh, the Holy Spirit and and a deep uh, transformation took place in their lives and there was a prophecy given in the the early days and it was uh, a picture of a tree and these leaves were falling on the ground and then a big gust of wind came along and it blew all these leaves 
all over the world. They, they could see uh, the globe. And these leaves started settling in places all over the world. And the interpretation of that vision was that the Holy Spirit was moving and was going to raise up men of God and send them all over the world. And that's exactly what happened. And our pastor and his wife uh, started out as brethren, and they uh, were swept into this through family members, and they realized that there was a lot more. And so they, uh, in turn, were one of the couples that, were raised up, and they started in eastern Canada and eventually made their way out west. And Fred today still travels to England a couple of times a year. He still speaks at different fellowships over there. And so that's how our fellowship came to be in Abbotsford, B.C. I'm convinced our own uh, journey that God is looking for people of all walks of life all over wherever mm-hmm. that want more of God and they're dissatisfied with what they got it's like having an eight course meal and you only get the appetizer and nobody told you about the rest Maybe that's not the best illustration, but people are being cheated out of the truth and the full life that God offers through the power of the Holy Spirit in our time and day, and they're settling for far less, thinking it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. How has your prayer life changed since being part of this ministry? Radically. <laughs> Radically, radically, radically. We were babies. Brenda and I talked about it. We said a simple prayer, Lord will go anywhere. And sovereignly, I could sit here and write a few pages, and so could Brenda, about how he started moving in our lives immediately when we said, yes, we will move. He changed everything. I could just go on and on about the changes, everything from lack of money to get here, uh, finances, uh, places to live. Uh, people took us in to, to live in Canada temporarily, took me in until I got my family. People I didn't even know reached out their hands, true Christianity. Come on in, brother. Live with us and, and, and just helped us in so many ways. The body of Christ. I can't say enough about that. They reached out to us in absolute love. They didn't even know us Mm. and took in two Mm. strangers. And our prayer, getting back to your original question, prayer life has changed the way we pray, the things we pray about, the things we see that we didn't see. We were so blind. And the more that we started praying and pressing into God, our eyes started opening up to see the real needs around and how to pray mm-hmm. instead of little, you know, 
now I lay me down to sleep type prayers. I mean, mm-hmm. we, we started praying some real prayers and interceding for people. Mm-hmm. Uh, our regular daily routine is to get up and start our day with what we would call quiet time. And that is where we are opening up the scriptures. Uh, We might feel led to read the book of Acts or the book of Romans or a scripture might be uh, impressed upon us and we'll read that scripture and then you know, maybe there'll be a cross-reference in our Bible, and we'll go to that cross-reference. And the next thing you know, the Holy Spirit has taken us to several different places in our Bible with a message. And part of our, and, you know, we do that separately. But there's always a time of prayer every day for us. And it could be, you know, a five-minute prayer or it could be a 25-minute prayer. It just depends on how the Lord moved that day or, you know, if we're specifically praying for people versus something that we feel the Lord is showing us in our own heart or maybe we're praying for our church specifically or a need that we have. Um, you know, we, we have so much to be grateful to the Lord uh, about, so there's always that part of our prayers where we're thanking Him. Um, and then there's needs and just about our day. But it is a major part of every day of our lives amen would you what kind of person would you recommend uh, that would be to join a house church or to start their own house church what kind of an individual would would those two kind of people be hungry dissatisfied with what they've experienced or, in the case of someone starting a church, they would have to be very grounded in the scriptures. Seasoned. And they would have to, of course, be led by the Holy Spirit to do it, because you want God's leading in your life, and you want his blessing upon it. Um, and you have to be prepared for the the people that are going to be coming in because there's going to be hurting people, broken people, needy people, uh, people that are hungering for more of God, but maybe they don't know that that's what's going on with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, you, you have to, You have to have your own experience with the Lord before you're able to give out. If you if you haven't had any of it yet, then you won't be able to give it out. Yeah, you got to be living it. You got to 
You can't uh, give something that really isn't actively happening in your own life because it's just words. Mm -hmm. If someone's going to be in the area here traveling through or someone in the uh, local area here right now listening to this podcast, um, how would they get in touch with you or the fellowship that uh, you're involved with? Well, they could. Uh, I can give out my uh, my phone number, okay. which I'm happy to do. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. And then we have uh, an email, which we'd be happy to put out there, too. Okay, great. You want to just go ahead and do that now? Sure. Uh, uh, my name is David Webster, like the dictionary, 360-922-5500. And we live in Linden, Washington. And then our email is web, which is W-E-B. 2743 at, at hotmail.com. Hotmail. I thought I forgot it for a minute because we just got separate emails, but that's fine. Great. Um, excellent. So what was the name of the fellowship you were with again? Oh, Mackenzie Road Christian Fellowship, and they have a website if someone wanted to go there. MackenzieFellowship.com, and they are in Abbotsford, British Columbia, right across the Sumas border. From Washington. Excellent. Well, thank you, guys. Unfortunately, we've run out of time, and it's been great to have you guys on the show. Thank you so much Thanks for having us. We uh, appreciate you giving us an opportunity to uh, to share our stories. Absolutely. I want to thank our listeners. Thank you for tuning in today. And please stay tuned for our next KDN podcast. Until next time, be transformed for God's mission. Thank you very much. Bye now.